you have found a special bonus edition of Hack and Go Rich. My name is Bart Baggett. I'm author of The Magic Question and Success Secrets Mission Happy. This show is about how to hack your life, your mind, your finance, your bank account, your career. If you're an entrepreneur, you will be glued to this conversation. And I am so excited about our guest today. It's going to be a short, powerful, impactful conversation with what I think might be my new best friend. So Shaheen, tell us who we're talking to and why I'm so excited about today's show. Yeah. So today, guys, we've got somebody who's not just cool looking, but also a super cool guy. We're talking to Mark Champagne. Mark, welcome on the show. Mark is uh, one of the very interesting thought leaders that we feel is going to emerge in the next few years. So we really were excited about getting him on the show. Mark has written a book that should be out by the time you're hearing this or is on pre-order right now called Personal Socrates. Mark has had startups in the Silicon Valley space, and we can talk a little bit about that. But altogether, a person that gets lit up by the concept of mental fitness. So Mark, welcome on the show. Tell us a little bit about yourself and about mental fitness and, and where you are on that journey now. Yeah, well, thanks guys. And and Bart, I'm excited to see uh, how we're gonna become new best friends. It's, I'm always looking for new friends, which is always good, good humans. So uh, I'm excited to dive in. But yeah, I mean, I've, I've had a, an interesting journey, I guess you could say in the sense of spent about 10 years in the corporate world and brand management and product management working on big brands uh, in the healthcare space uh, but that during that whole time i always had some sort of mental fitness practice i mean i didn't call it that back in those days it was really just get up a bit earlier than most read some positive things try to prime my mind and you know own the morning essentially right and, and start the day off on the right foot um, i only share that because after about after about 10 years or eight years in that world event and doing those practices eventually just got really frustrated with the reflective digital reflective uh, tools that were out there specifically for journaling and and that's uh, you alluded to it a bit in the intro but just the the startup space that's when the decision was made you know what i would regret not trying to build this app which at the time there were a lot of great solutions for guiding people for uh you know in meditations headspace and calm are really starting to take off on more of a mainstream level but there was really nothing out there for journaling and and from a, a narrative or perspective that wasn't oh you're talking about the 12 year old girl writing her diary about the boy at school type thing not that there's anything wrong with that but that's not the type of journaling i was doing and and also not the type of reflection i was seeing um used with the people that we read their books, watch their TED Talks, study, you know, their lives, past, present, uh, and, and people to come, essentially. So left that world, started the app, Keo, which was one of the first guided journaling apps. We reached about 86.9 million people with that thing. It was insane. It was a lot of people. We wow. didn't expect that. Uh, I mean, I'm not a developer. My co-founder wasn't a developer. We had really no expectations, just trying to solve my issue with, uh, you know, a disjointed experience in, in the practice. Um, and, you know, long story short, though, we reached a lot of people, collaborated with a lot of great brands and, and experts in different spaces. Um, but that didn't mean that the business models were working. 
And we had to delete that app and delete that business, which, which led to essentially the hardest years of my life because that was a deletion of, of my identity at that time. And, you know, I didn't know what to do next and all of that. So, I mean, I'll pause there because essentially, you know, that was the start of my, I guess, obsession with mental fitness and helping people discover these practices. But then also the the launch of a whole other, you know, passion to stay in the space and not go back to the, the industry I had come from. So you're a journaler, I, I imagine. You're you're one who journals. Yeah. Yeah, you still do? Absolutely. Absolutely. My definition has shifted though over the years, but go ahead. Okay. So I, I want to get to that. So I, I think this is interesting because I oftentimes in my life will journal and I've got stacks and stacks of journals for different things and I have different methods of, of journaling that I've done. But one of the interesting things that I found about journaling is for me, it's a little bit like meditation and, and let me tell you why. So meditation in general, I find is one of those things where you don't fucking need anything. You just need to go sit somewhere, shut the fuck up and, and you're there. You can get in that state. A minute of silence is meditation. Five minutes is great. You know, if you go too long, you, it starts to get wacky, but yeah. to get yourself into a flow state as, as your friend, uh, Stephen Kotler says, uh, you know, to get into that flow state can be anywhere from seven minutes all the way to 25 minutes. And we work very closely and, you know, we're going to have them on the show. These people who built this, uh, VR, uh, flow state generator, uh, for mm. meditation called flow, uh, trip. I don't know trip. if you've heard of yeah. this. Trip is yep. amazing. It gets you in a flow state in eight minutes. We're not uh, linked to them in any way, but, um, you know, I'm very excited about that technology. But one of the problems I've had with meditation is that there's always some asshole trying to sell you meditation. And there's always some dude and and religions and gurus and all these guys are are epic for this, but they're, they're always trying to be like, Hey man, come to, come to the group meditation. I'm like, I don't need to sit with other people. I already know that I'm an asshole today. So I need to sit down and be chill. I don't need to sit with a whole nother room full of assholes. And I know Bart's made a short film about (laughs) this. Um, so is my my question for you is with journaling, which is something that you know, and I I want you to speak a little bit to people who don't journal about why why it's important. You know, you obviously it was something that was a focal point for your life, so yeah. you created a business around it. But for for people who who don't know, I want you to talk a little bit about that. But my question is, is that space kind of similar? Like is all you need to do to journal just to journal or is it different and why? Great questions. I mean, I, I I don't know if it's different, but I I think where most struggle is to start any of these practices, right? Like in my opinion, an app, like a meditation app, like a calm or a headspace for people that just don't know where to start or get started with meditation gets them going. But if they've really done their, their job and actually, brought someone into a meditation space, you shouldn't really need the app after a certain period of time, right? Not good for the business model, but realistically, it's it's an entry point. For me, you know, my evolution of, of journaling has been, and, and let's back up. First of all, journaling, the practice in itself is reflection. So I don't care. I mean, if you're going pen to paper, if you're using an app like I was when we were running the company, if you're leaving audio notes, if you're taking a walk and just thinking, 
I mean, that's journaling. It's the mm. reflection. But a lot of us, and you know, myself included, fall into an autopilot of life and productivity and this and that. And we don't think, you know, we don't take time to slow down and actually think. And this is where guided practices like journaling, especially when you have prompts, force the pause, right? And I mean, the pause, I, the other thing too, I mean, with, with the pause and when you're using questions, I mean, I, I just, I'm a huge believer that we're all asking questions. Again, just are we asking enough of them and are they quality questions? Because we're all one question away from a completely different life or a completely different outcome, right? I mean, for me, it was what, what do you want for your life? And that pulled me out of uh, uh, what was turning into a, a, essentially a deep depression after deleting that business and that app and not knowing where to go next. But the one thing I'd noticed over the last, I guess, decade of really studying, you know, people in this space or just I would just say people doing interesting stuff around the world, 100% of them are, are doing some sort of reflective practice. It's all different. It all may look slightly different. It might, you know, it might fit in the routines or rituals in a different way that doesn't resonate with you or I, but they're taking time to think, right? And they're taking time to clear their minds so that their minds aren't in this fear state and, and loaded with uncertainty and, and anxiety because it's hard to think clearly and make good decisions when we're in that looping narrative, right? So that's where for me, journaling is a huge asset to get people, uh, started in, in taking control of their mind and be mentally fit. I mean, there's, there's meditation, there's visualization, there's breath work, there's a million different things you can do. But like I said, we all ask questions. So it's a great language, you know, you know, where we can all start and try to upgrade how we're, we're asking these questions. So, so Mark, you, you and I have come to the same conclusion after me, me teaching this for 25 years, um, about that the internal dialogue, and specifically yeah. instead of affirmations, questions are more powerful because it just bypasses all the internal chatter. Um, I wrote a book about it called The Magic Question. And what you don't know, and I don't think Shaheen knows this, is that in 1995, I owned part of a bookstore called The Mental Fitness Company. And we oh, spent amazing. about $20,000 a month on ads trying to brand the idea of mental fitness yeah. in, in a local area because this was before the internet. And it was wildly confusing to consumers because in all the self-help bookstores, remember we had bookstores back then, it was either broken people, alcoholics, yep. getting a divorce, like that's what self-help was. And my uh, perspective was I didn't want to fix broken people. I wanted to take cool people like us and make us extraordinary. And what I yeah. found was there was a bunch of practices that were all scattered around the world from mind machines, the meditation to this. And I was like, what's the word? And so I can't take credit for coining that word. There were a few people doing that, but I am so thrilled that you and I and hundreds of other people are, tr are doing our best to say, look, it's not about being broken. It's about mental fitness. If you're going to spend all yeah. this time on your body, spend 20 minutes on the day, whether it's meditation or audio or journaling. And, and that's sort of my backstory. So I'm just thrilled to turn it into what we can do as a takeaway, as a hack. What is your hack for quickly bypassing fear and anxiety and, and this sort of stuckness? Because I also came to the conclusion that one of the easiest hacks to teach anybody with no training was to how to ask quality questions. Tell us about how you came to that conclusion. And I know you've outlined this in your upcoming book, which I can't yeah. wait to read. Yeah. Well, so now, now I can see why we're getting long here. <laughs> and I mean, it seems like you were too early on the term, essentially too early for the market, essentially. Because I mean, 
I, uh, I came to that, that language just out of necessity, but because of the whole stereotype or the, the description of how people thought of journaling and people were going down that, that, that path or to your point, they're thinking of mental health, which you're, you know, you're always kind of pulling yourself out of the hole type thing. Whereas again, mental fitness is like that umbrella and you're taking the ownership, you know, everything falls under that umbrella. So I, you know, I'm happy that, uh, the term is, is definitely, or picked up, I guess, or people are willing to, to see it or, or drawing the links to physical fitness as well, which, uh, you know, just helps open up the dialogue. I mean, for me, the thing I see in terms of a quick, fast mental hack to pause any narrative is really to dive into the present moment and layer on some gratitude in there. Um, I'll never forget, right? When I was sitting in Toronto, Canada, I had the Apple dashboard up. I'm looking at the app metrics, 86, you know, 86.9 million app store impressions. Next step, delete from app store. You know, how could we fail at such a colossal level? All the, all the wrong questions were coming up, <laughs> but eventually while that was happening, I was just feeling, you know, worse and worse. I just, I paused for a second and looked and like, this sucks. I don't know. I don't know what's next. We'll figure it out. But right now it sucks. I'm, I'm fearful of how we're going to pay our rent. I, I don't know what we're going to do next, but I just deleted this app on a laptop that most people in the world don't have. And you know what? That, that cut for a second narrative. Okay. You know, it's not that bad. I'm in a co-working space with cool people, lots of opportunity, nice space. People aren't dropping bombs on my head. I mean, could be worse, a lot worse. So it's just, I mean, th those were my toughest times, but every day for me, at least I was, I was stopping, take a walk you know, just notice the detail out there, call a friend, figure out, I had a list of the things I knew for a hundred percent certainty would put a smile on my face. Sometimes that was meditation. Sometimes I was exercising, could be calling a friend, could be doing something, but whatever it is you can default to that list and cut the narrative that's currently looping or release it, rechannel it, whatever it is. Right. But I mean, I think in order to do that, you have to be clear first and recognize that you're in that pattern. And again, coming back to any of these mental fitness practices, the more you do them, the more consistent training you're doing, just like physical training, you're building those muscles. Like, ah, there it is. Okay, I can see I'm, I'm flipping into an anxious loop here. Um, I have the tools to release this and I can get back to work, back to what I'm doing, back into that creation state of mind, and away we go. It doesn't have to be complicated. <laughs> no, I, I love that. So let's let's get into the book a little bit. And Bart and I talk a lot about this on the show as well. I think one of the, the key characteristics of people who I have around me in my close circle is that they are self-reflective people. There are a few who may not be. Um, and, you know, those relationships end up just being more fun and kind of cursory and, you know, uh, more like acquaintance type things. But sure. the, the, the people in my life that I've built meaningful relationships with over time, the common thread is just that one thing, is the fact that they take the time to reflect on their lives. I think far more important than any of these other things. So part of reflection as I'm, I'm ruminating on some of the lessons um, from your book and from your, your topic is asking the right questions and, and very similar also with sales. And we could talk a little bit about that too, 
most people think sales is about, hey man, you need this, look at all the great features and this is fucking great, it's fantastic, it'll shine your thing and do this and that. When really sales is just asking the right questions and driving the prospect yeah. to believe that it was their idea to buy what you're selling anyway. Yeah, asking now, the right questions at the right time. At the right time. So with being a reflective person, is, let, let me ask you this. What are the right questions that you should ask in order to further your evolution as a, as a human, in order to optimize, in order to uh, get yourself in that flow state? Yeah. Well, the right questions will differ depending on who you are, where you're at in the journey, and what's going on in your life. The, the, the right question is a question that is well-timed for where you're at and that can pull you out of something or prime you forward or whatever the situation. For me, at that time, right, is what do you want for your life? Cut the narrative. Allow me to get to the next question. Start putting a plan together. I mean, if I were to ask my question, that question to myself now, sure, there can be some reflection and some, some editing. But for the most part, I've got that pretty clear in my mind. And that's why, I mean, that's why I wrote the book. And that's why it's structured in the way of these mini profiles that start with prompts and people that we would all recognize, Kobe Bryant, Maya Angelou, Robin Williams, there's something in there that if you open it up, intuitively you'll land on a prompt that resonates. And that's probably where you need to go right now because it's relevant for whatever reason to where you're at. Maybe it's to get some more clarity. Maybe it's to boost up your, your habits in the morning. Maybe, you know, there's a, there's a profile on Scott Belsky in there who's the, the founder of um, Behance now at Adobe. I mean, maybe you're building a product and his prompt is, why am I building this? And it goes down, you know, and that can help in your product development and, and whatnot. So, you know, I'd love to say, you know, th this is the standard question, but the key I think is that you jump in, take some time to start getting clear, release whatever's going on and start asking and, and look for the questions that resonate the most, right? Because that's where it lands. It's just like, you know, saying, hey, you have to meditate or you have to, you know, do some sort of breath work. I don't think we have to do anything. I think we have to dedicate some time to mental fitness, but then fill that time with the things that make the most sense. Just like exercise, you know, today I did a spin class. Tomorrow I might not want to do that. I'll do some weights, but I'm doing something to move my body, right? So that's the key. I think it, it, and I think it's the key. And I saw this with the app. It's it's important because then people actually stick with these practices, right? Because they find the things that work for them. So one question, just to start it off for people, is just like I said, you know, like what lights you up, what makes you smile. Figure out and in, inject more of that into your day, right? Um, or you know, uh, there's a question in the book from James Clear uh, where there's a profile around habits, but just who am I optimizing to become, right? Are you climbing the right mountain right now? And just taking a break and seeing, okay, I'm doing, I want to go here, but my calendar and meetings and everything I'm doing is, is going here. So there's a disconnect there. And now you have data, you've got insight. Whether you want to act on that or not, I mean, it's, it's up to the individual, but at least you know, right? Mm. So, all right. So I've got a process for how I consume information. 
and it's come over years and reading hundreds of books and trying to learn as much as I can, but realizing that it's not, you know, reading a book cover to cover that gives me the value. It's being able to absorb the information. So with your book, yeah. this is, this is what I, I'm, I'll tell you a little bit about my process and then I'll lead you to the question. So my process now is that I'll find a topic that I'm interested in or curious as uh, Stephen Kotler says in Art of the Impossible. I'll find something that I'm curious about. Yeah. Then I will start just a cursory dive. I might read an article. I might check out a quick YouTube clip, something, something quick, something that takes two to five minutes tops. If I'm further interested, then I'll start the process of a deep dive knowing that I can abort at any time. So I will do what I did with you. I will go through your, uh, you know, if you had Ted talks, if you, you had one called fuck up nights that I watched, which was kind of interesting. Yeah. Um, uh, Canadians, they're very polite. I'm shocked that Canadians would have something called fuck up. Nights. I know. Right. It looked like a little, still feels uncomfortable to say it. I know. Canadian, you're too polite. You're, are you Canadian? <laughs> yeah. 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 I gave you away when you said hoose, hoose, just it, it, every time man. We, I watched those uh, shows with my, uh, with my family, the, all the real estate shows and just like, five minutes in, they just can't help it. They're like, who's? And I'm like, ah, fuck, it's Canadian. But you know, they try to hide the streets because they don't want people knowing it's Canada. Otherwise they won't get we the know. But you know, <laughs> they, they, can't, they can't help it. They're like, who's? Oh, fuck. So anyway, so I watched the videos because video, I, th I find one of the quickest formats to absorb content. And I'm like, okay, do I want to dig deeper on this guy? Do I want to dive deeper? Is there, is there more value for me to be had or did I get everything? Has he said everything he has to say in the five minute Ted talk and I'm fucking done. If I find that interesting, then I will search for audio podcasts that the person has done. Why? Because I think that there is an element to podcasts, especially the way the format has evolved now. And I know you've got a, a great podcast and we'll talk about that. And I know that you've asked me to be on, so I'm excited to be on your show as well. But I will listen to the podcast because the podcast interviewers may prompt them to say something they may not have said, and it might give me some insight into who that person really is. Because we talk about authenticity on the show, and I really want to like, I want to see who that person is behind the mask of the of the person they're saying. So that gives me more information sometimes than even reading their book. But like with your book, if I find added value and I really want to dig deeper with Stephen Kotler's books. Then what I'll do is I will find a summary of the mm -hmm. book. And then after the, I've read the summary, uh, and there's a lot of great guys that are doing it. There's a guy, Brian Johnson, who does this one called Philosopher's Notes. Uh, there's another one that I think it's like the five-minute productivity uh, summary, something like that. And they make these like whiteboard videos where they tell you all the things that you're going to learn from reading this book. And it's fucking great. People are like, oh my God, it's terrible. No one's going to read the book. No, bullshit. In fact, it sets you up for absorbing the information in a peak flow state because you've already learned learned it on a cursory level. Yeah. Then I'll do the Audible book. Then I'll get into the actual paper book if I really love it. And with yours, I'm, I'm absolutely going to go through all those steps. Now, with that said, my question to you is, for the people who are watching Hack and Grow Rich right now, the people that are watching our live stream, our 65,000 viewers plus now on, on YouTube, share with them a little minute or less or about a minute cliff note on what they're going to learn from your Socrates book. First of all, I love your 
process and your setup. And I, it's something I write about in one of the profiles in the book is just like, because we've become obsessed with quantity of books and checking off that we've read a hundred books in a year or something like that, but we've actually consumed or we haven't applied any of the knowledge, right? It's just, it's empty knowledge in a way, which is unfortunate. So uh, that's a cool system you've got. And I mean, I was thinking about that as I was writing the book, because again, just like how they, how we set up the app, it was to solve a problem on my side. And for me, the way my morning reflection usually takes place is I, I read, I don't know, five to 10 pages out of whatever book I've got ongoing, but I'm writing in the book and applying it live to what's going on in, in my life. So the so personal Socrates that the objective is that again if you land on uh, James Clear's profile or Kobe Bryant's for example, you're in there. It's two to four pages max, and along the way there are some teachings, there are some stories to to illustrate you know based on those people. But it's loaded full of questions that you can pause, write in the book. The hard copy is designed. I mean the the publisher Baron Fig is is has been selected very specifically they they write or they 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 make really nice quality notebooks they're the ones behind actually james clear's habit tracking journal um so the book stays open there's a lay flat you know it doesn't flip around so if you're writing it works there's page numbers just like you would expect in a in a kindle where it says one page left or five pages left so you always know for example so it's 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 a different experience it comes comes in a slip case as well i mean it's it's oh, wow. very it's very different and it, it's all designed to just really break that autopilot again of just trying to motor through the book and actually not apply anything but just to slow down so other than i write it right in the intro other than reading the whole introduction in one sitting really encourage everyone to just take it slow pick a profile that makes sense for you start there do that once once a morning whenever you're doing your mental fitness and I mean, there's 40 profiles in there. You've got enough to start building some habits as you're going through. But ultimately, the whole thing is set up in three sections. First, to get clear. We need to get clear. We need to understand where we're going, what we want, who we're optimizing to become, all of that first. Then you can be more in intentional with your actions, your thoughts, how you're processing. There's a profile in there uh, from an interview with Ryan Holiday around what is within my control. So there's some good stoicism lessons. Then you've got Marcus Aurelius as well. So going way back, essentially, the, the godfather of, the, of this stuff. Um, and then the last step, if you do the first two, the last step just comes automatically. It's exponential opportunity shows up because you can see where to go. All of a sudden, it becomes clear just as if you're you know, going into a, a physical room and you blew out all the, the clutter in the boxes. You can actually see in the back of the room, you can see there's a door there and you're going to walk through it. It's the same thing with our mind. Right. So that's essentially the flow of, of the or how the book is structured and also just what I've noticed in 250 or so interviews now over the last four years on, on my show Behind the Human. Um, and then also just studying these minds personally, that it that seems to be the recipe. And I'm, I'm leveraging the Socratic method, hence the personal Socrates in a simplified in a manner so you're not thinking about that you're just thinking about getting clear intentional and opportunity that's it i love that i love that personal socrates you should do a song too like the depeche <laughs> mode song mark when we used to do seminars we used to use this metaphor where um 
we'd have the whole audience uh, look around the room and find everything that's green. And they'd close their eyes, and then I'd say, okay, show me everything that's red. And the audience was just the fummox because they were always looking for green. It was such a great yeah. metaphor. And so you mentioned people finding doors they didn't see before. And that's exactly what the system of questions is. It activates the reticular activator system. They all of a sudden are now knowing their brain is unconsciously scanning for all these things that they wouldn't have even asked for if they just didn't ask a better question. Where's the door of opportunity? Who do I need to meet? How do I double yeah. income? You know, how can I attract a beautiful person in my life? And, and I love it's the simplicity of it makes it so applicable. Um, we teach just writing one question a day on an index card and sticking it in your car and sticking it in your notebook and all. Oh, yeah. Ask the question and just boom. Now you're asking great questions all the day by accident. And I just I just exactly. love it. And I love the fact that you're bringing in 2000 year old philosophers because they probably had some really clever questions that I wouldn't have thought of. Well, and they're just what, what's interesting about that. I mean, especially with Marcus Aurelius, I mean, he's in his meditations or his journal, he's reflecting on the same things that most people are thinking about today. You know, OK, uh, where am I going to go on vacation or what's that going to look like? Uh, concerned about a massive plague. I mean, <laughs> there's a lot of overlap here. Right. And how do you handle these things? And, you know, in his day, too, I mean, he, he lived in an era where I think he lost. I mean, they had a way more kids, but he lost 13 of his kids. I mean, how do you, how do you process that kind of loss and grief and, and whatnot and run a whole country and deal with, like, you know, we, we, we often think that, you know, our lives right now are more complicated and more stressful, but they're, they're just different. And again, I think it, for me, at least with stoicism, it's always a good little pause and it only takes a few seconds. It's while my coffee's brewing, I read something around stoicism to shift perspective, right? And then focus mm. on, okay, here's what I can control. And that's that could be the mental fitness for the day. You've already started the day with a prime mind and you're in control in that situation, right? You're controlling how you're you're starting that day and how you're how you're thinking, right? I mean, just that little micro win man we would have uh we'd have a seriously thriving population i love that i love that i think the same way about alan watts oh, um yeah and and recently i just all these people are sending me alan watts stuff because we did a show where i mentioned it on a couple on a couple of shows and all these people are sending me alan watts playlists on spotify there are insane like people who have spent yeah. like years like they build entire tracks and editing to Alan Watts talking. He's such an amazing orator that, you know, if I'm ever in that phase where I'm like a little bit less than optimal, I put that on. It's, it's impossible to be yeah. less than in a flow state after you listen to Alan Watts. So awesome. So dude, thanks so much for being on. I wanted to ask you, where can people find you? Where can people listen to your podcast? And, and how can people get their hands on this book? And, you know, now that I see it, you got to get the hardcover. There's only one way, and that's to get the hardcover of your book. And I'm definitely going to get it, and I'm going to order some for everybody on my staff. How do we? How do we get a hold of you, and how do we get your book? Yeah, well, thank you for for those kind words. I mean, the easiest place, and everything links out from here, is just behindthehuman.com. Podcast is there. Book will be there. Um, you, the book will be up on Amazon or directly from Baron Fig, especially the pre-order. There's some bonus mental fitness guides in there and whatnot um, for the hard copy. 
and uh, there, there is a Kindle and audiobook. Uh, the audiobook, man, that was an, I recorded in this booth. That was a real scene. <laughs> it's <laughs> a hell of a lot of work, but as you know. Um, so yeah, all formats will be available. But yeah, if you can get the hard copy, I mean, there, there's you'll see there's definitely some effort and some some love put into a different experience. I love that. I love that. Yeah, I know we we recorded the audiobook to my uh, to my book as well right here, and it's it's an intense experience. It's a lot oh, of sitting yeah. your ass down and recording. So amazing, amazing. Okay, well, I'm super excited about this. And hopefully when the book comes out, we'll have an opportunity to get you back on and talk more about some of the topics in the book. And thank you so much, uh, guys, for you guys tuning in right now. You've been listening to Hack and Grow Rich with our special guest, Mark Champagne. I'm Shaheen Shan, the host of Hack and Grow Rich with my co-host, Bart bag it all our details are going to be in the show notes there um and my book billion how i became king of the thrill pill cult is out and available now so make sure to check that make sure to check mark's book it's on pre-order right now called personal socrates and you can also visit him on his website and we'll see you guys all on the next episode Thanks, Mark. I'm so glad to meet you guys. And Shaheen, always just a great experience having the show. Hit the subscribe. We'll see you uh, next week on Hack and Grow Rich. Boom.